Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. And in this one, the Astros lose the first game of the World Series. We look at what went wrong in this one, plus a couple of Rockets thoughts after their first four games of the season. Before we fire this one up, a reminder that we're brought to you by BetUS.com, America's favorite sports book. Not only is BetUS the place to bet on all your favorite sports, but later I'll give you an exclusive discount for BetUS.com where you can do live betting, go to their online casino, or bet on just about any sport. Before we get there, let me bring in my co-host and regular sidekick, a fellow H-Town sports junkie and veteran journalist Stephen Kerr. And Stephen, Craig Biggio threw out the ceremonial first pitch. Biggio was never clutching the postseason. Just saying. Oh, no, 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 no. No, I've got... No, I'll tell you why the Astros lost, Robert. Now, I'm not trying to throw this week in Astros history at you. But, you know, it was on this same day in 2005 that they got swept by the White Sox. The final game, they lost at home. Series was over. So... No, that is the reason the Astros lost. Had nothing to do with the fact that Craig Biggio threw out the first pitch. In four World Series game ones, remember the Astros have been in four World Series now. They've been outscored 19-10 to 10 in four losses, 0-4. Yeah, interesting. And, uh, of course, you know, in 2017, it didn't matter. They, they did come back. But uh, something else that's kind of disturbing, Robert, is they have lost their last five World Series games at home. At home, because you remember in 2019, they lost all four of their games to the Nationals. They were at home. They won all three on the road. So now they've lost five in a row in the World Series at home. Crazy, crazy postseason. But tomorrow, they're going to open the roof up. And have they ever had the roof open in a World Series home game? I don't think so. Well, they did in 2005, as a matter of fact, because I, I remember... The controversy that was surrounding is that the commissioner, of course, Bud Selig at the time, made them open the roof. And, uh, you know, I remember thinking, you know, why, why can't the home team have the choice? I mean, that's what home field advantage is all about. So if I remember right, they did have to open the roof there. And, you know, initially, Robert, I was going to pray for rain, you know, for to, uh, Wednesday night's game so that they wouldn't have to open the roof. Because I'm not sure I like that. But uh, the way things have been going, losing five in a row in the World Series at home. Maybe that's what they should do. Maybe they should open the roof for this game, too. Yeah, I almost forgot about that. Bud Selig always trying to mess with the Astros' heads and whatever he was doing. And I guess, I don't know, we can get to the the nitty-gritty of this stuff, but if you're looking for a plus in this one, it was the bullpen. Uh, Steven, what did it mean to get those innings, do you think, from Jake Odorizzi? Oh, that was so big because, you know, really, I mean, it ended up not being that big of a deal as far as because the Astros – couldn't come back. But what Jake Odorizzi did is he kept the Astros in the game. He gave them the chance to come back. It's not his fault that the offense didn't come through. You know, Jake Odorizzi, he's done pretty darn well in the postseason. I mean, he had his struggles during the regular season. And, you know, he's not going to give you six, seven, eight innings. He, he can only go through a lineup once, maybe twice. But when you put him in these spots, man, he's been clutch. You know, he, he certainly was in the ALCS and he was in game one of the World Series. Let's go to the beginning of the game with Fromber because he gets in trouble for doing what he didn't do in Boston, Stephen. He just got behind the hitters again. That's been his problem. Well, it has been, Robert, but I'll tell you, you talk about a contrast of his two innings. The first inning, four of the batters he faced, he was behind 2-0. and 
And of course, that cost him. In the second inning, he was actually ahead two strikes for the first two hitters, but the Braves got hard contact on him. They, they both hit the other way. And by the time Framber Valdez came out of the game, Robert, the, the average exit velocity of the Braves was 99.4. I mean, they were not only making contact, they were making hard contact. And that was what was really troubling. But yeah, in that first inning, he was behind 2-0 and on at least four batters. And then in the second inning, they, they were just hitting the other, they were just getting the hits off of him, even though he was ahead two strikes. Love everything that Kyle Tucker has done pretty much in the postseason, but it really sucked that he comes up with the bases loaded and he grounds out in the bottom of the first. After that at bat, he singles and he doubles. Not good timing in this game, Tuck. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. And the, you know, the Astros had several chances to get back in this game. And, uh, you know, especially in the ALCS when they had 27 of their 36 runs coming with two outs. Well, the two out magic, it didn't work in game one, that's for sure. Second inning, Braves get a sack fly, making it 3 nothing after two hits to lead off the inning. Then third inning, Duvall, two-run homer, 5 nothing. It, it, it felt kind of like it was over, even with the Astros' offense, because Morton was rolling along at that point. Yeah, Morton was rolling along. And then, you know, little did we know in that second inning that that comebacker by Gurriel was going to really get him in the end. I mean, it just you talk about a tough guy, Robert. I mean, I, I know... He's with another team, but I am still a Charlie Morton fan, and I'm just sick about what happened to him. The Astros need to take advantage of this because you got you don't got Morton to deal with later in the series, and, and you got to get yourself in the series and put yourself in the position to where that game's going to matter when Charlie comes back in Game 5, and the Astros are going to have to get a road game in this series for sure. They can't uh, go to Atlanta and get shut out, so they're going to need to get at least one, and... You know, obviously, Jose Arquiz is going to have to come through. We can talk about that in a little bit. But uh, another note from this game that I want to bring up is Yuli usually is reliable, but, you know, comes up with a couple of hits. But mostly he's going to be remembered for getting thrown out into the bases when he shouldn't have and a rare, rare error in the field. Yeah, very rare error. And, and kind of, it's like he tripped over the dirt. Uh, went down and just, yeah, it, it's amazing. And, you know, Brantley had an earlier hit, and he was wise. He didn't try to stretch it an extra base. So it's really puzzling. And, and Guriel's a smart player, and I'm sure if he had it to do over again, he wouldn't. But, man, in that situation, the last thing you want to do is try to stretch it, especially with Rosario's arm, as good as it is. You know, that's that's certainly something that plays into it. You don't, you don't want to do that. Jose Altuve has not really been giving you much of anything at the plate in the last couple of series. And it's starting to get a little bit disconcerting because uh, you, you need him to do stuff before the series is over with you. You can't afford for him to get just three hits. I think is all he had in the ALCS. And the other thing is you, you're not getting anything from Alex Bregman and Steven, you and I didn't discuss this, but I was watching Alex Bregman in, in the post game after the Red Sox series. And there is something about him that's been bothering me for two years now. And I saw it again when I was watching the interview, the confidence, the cockiness, all of that strut, all of the Alex Bregman stuff that made him Alex Bregman. It's not there anymore. It's not been there for the last couple of years. I thought maybe after we got through the COVID season and the, the cheating scandal and all that stuff and got that behind him, we would see the Alex Bregman 
that we're used to, but I haven't seen it this year. Maybe it's the injury. I know he's not a hundred percent. That's very obvious, but he's just not the same guy. And at the plate, he's given you, you know, quality at bats in that he's getting deep into the count, but that's about it. I mean, he's not getting a lot of hits. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to think that's the reason, Robert. And, of course, last year, you know, we all kind of chalked it up, you know, with the problems that Altuve had. And we just – he definitely looked off. But as far as Bregman is concerned, I really thought he would start coming into his own by now in all aspects of the game. I mean, I really did. I mean, you know, I don't I don't ever like to, to tout a guy, a young guy, too highly until he really starts reaching that potential. But it's obvious the last couple of years, and, and certainly in this postseason – that Alex Bregman is definitely a step behind where I think most of us expected that he would be. And he made a couple of great defensive plays in the field, but, you know, he's just offensively, he's not done it. And Correa is even slumping at kind of the worst possible time too. So he, Altuve and Bregman really need to start hitting if the Astros offense is going to get going again, that's for sure. I don't know if there's a point in all this that you push him down in the lineup, push him down to seven, but if he's struggling and you put him down to seven, then your lineup looks really bad when you go to Atlanta because then it's Bregman, Maldonado, and the pitcher, your last three spots in the order. So maybe they don't do that. Maybe they just like to have Bregman in there. So if he has Jordan behind him and Brantley in front of him, he's still going to get really good pitches. And maybe you know you just need him there to sort of even your order out a little bit. But you know, in, in, in normal season. If this was a regular season, I would just say it's time to push Bregman down to the bottom of the lineup because he is your seventh best hitter at this point, and maybe he's your eighth best hitter if if uh, Chaz McCormick starts heating up again. Yeah, I, I don't see that happening in the World Series. Man, I mean, like you said, that's something you would do earlier on. But yeah, in the World Series, I, I don't think you're going to change that. And and don't forget, you know, he could catch fire any time. Now you and I could be sitting here in Game Three, Game Four, and he still isn't, and it, you know, it sound kind of crazy then. But remember George Springer in 2017, how he was slumping and how many people were calling for him. We take him out of the leadoff spot. He doesn't need to be there. And then he comes through. So I, I think at this point, the Astros offense is what it is. I mean, it got them this far, you know, even with Bregman kind of going up and down the way he has. So you just have to hope that all three of those guys, you know, and then everyone else kind of chip in. But, you know, you mentioned the bullpen, Robert. And I'll tell you what, they have been lights out these last few games. I mean, especially with the starters, you know, with the exception, of course, for Fromber and Garcia back-to-back. But, man, I, I tell you what, the bullpen has really been doing it, and they've at least given the Astros a chance to come back in this game. Yeah, even the run they gave up late, Stanek with that weird butt single that turns into runners on first and third, and, uh, you know, Stanek just he stumbled and didn't quite get there in time, you know, took maybe a bad angle to the baseball otherwise – you know, he pitched really good, I thought, overall, besides that. And the rest of the bullpen, like you said, they're they're getting the job done in the postseason. For all the hell that we gave them uh, <laughs> during the end of the regular season, not getting it done, you know, they, they did their job. And uh, Yimmy, uh, he he was the, the butt of a lot of stuff over the last couple of months of the regular season. But Yimmy's done his job. and Yeah, well, I was the one that didn't want him on my roster. You, you think I'm glad he's on there now? Yeah, and, and Maiton as well. I mean, that was somebody else that was taking it a little bit, but Maiton's come up big in the postseason. So you, you got a lot from all those guys, and you didn't have to use the big guys out of the bullpen, and, and that was why the Odorizzi innings are so important. Yeah, that's exactly right. 
because what it did is, yeah, you got Stanekin, but you didn't see Graveman, you didn't see Presley, and there was certainly no need for him at this point, whereas you might need them in game two. So the fact that they're rested, and then you've got an off day, Robert, consider that. After game two, you've got an off day. So, yeah, you you were right. Odorizzi's appearance and, and his success tonight was definitely a big deal for the Astros, and you know, not just for game two, but the fact that you've got that off day after that. So even if you do have to use more guys in game two, you have that coming up. A couple of final notes from this game in the series, but it's worth noting the winner of game one of the World Series has won the series 64% of the time. That's a stat which could come in handy if you want to go to our friends at BetUS, America's favorite sports book. If you want to bet against the Astros, maybe <laughs> you do it to hedge uh, the sadness if they lose. Remember that stat <laughs> if you do it. Because uh, that's a big deal. If you're betting on the World Series or the NFL or college football, do it with BetUS.com because you might as well use a sportsbook with integrity and longevity like BetUS. It's not just football and baseball and the World Series. They take action on any sport, have been for three decades now, really a pioneer in the sportsbook industry, a diehard customer fan base, easy to use mobile platform. Just log on to BetUS.com or call 800-792-3887. 79BETUS, and we can save you money when you sign up. Just use our promo code HST125 to redeem a 125% sign-up bonus on your initial $100 deposit. HST125 is that code. And to help our podcast, sign up using either the BetUS link on our pinned post at the top of our Twitter page or go to our website, HoustonSportsTalk.net, and click on the BetUS icon. Get your online and social betting partner with integrity and longevity like I did. BetUS, you bet, you win, you get paid. Well, you mentioned that stat, Robert, 64% of the time, but uh, just remember, in one of those instances, the Astros did not let that happen, and that, of course, was in 2017. Hey, they, they even had a leadoff home run hit against them in 2017. Of course, it was in the bottom of the first, from Chris Taylor because it was at Dodger Stadium. So, you know, all is not lost. I, I mean, this this game was a bummer, no doubt about it. You always want to jump ahead, 1-0. But I'm just I'm I'm feeling that Jose Urquidy has is bound to bounce back. Surely he's not going to have two lousy performances in a row. Do you think? That's uh, what I'm curious about because Jose Urquidy he's been just like Fromber. He's been hit and miss. You know, at this point uh, in the season. Like early early in the season, he looked pretty good. Haven't really seen the consistent Arquiti that I'm used to. And they decided to pitch him in game two, meaning Garcia is pitching in game three. Is that a good idea? Well, you, you give Garcia six days rest instead of four, which helps in a long season. But it's also worth pointing out that Garcia's home ERA was 2.39 this year. His road ERA, 4.24. And of course, he was terrible twice on the road in the playoffs and nearly perfect in that one home start. Well, that's what was puzzling to me, Robert, because, you know, in in the ALCS, of course, they they pitched him at home so that he wouldn't pitch on the road. But now you're reversing it. I mean, you have Urquidy going in game two. And so that means Garcia is going to get the ball on the road. So I am a little concerned about it. I think that's another reason the Astros have really got to win game two, because if you go down 2-0 and you go to Atlanta and you have Garcia pitching, you have to hope, you know, is is a rookie going to come through twice in a row with the kind of performance he had last time on the road? I don't know, Robert. That's a tall order to fill with Garcia, especially because he's he's been up and down too 
you know, in the latter part of the regular season and the postseason. Yeah, I guess what Dusty is thinking is just throw out everything at this point as far as home road. And this is about getting Urquidy to pitch before he gets a little bit rusty because his other start that he had, he hadn't pitched in a while. He was maybe a little bit rusty. He wasn't in rhythm. They don't want to get him too far out of rhythm. And then with Garcia, give him an extra day or two because that matters in the postseason with the stress that you're putting on on all of these pitches and all of these starts. Um, and, and you know what, Steven, we don't talk about it nearly enough, but the Astros top three starting pitchers in the world series. Okay. They're in the world series right now. The three guys that they're going with in this world series, Fromber, Garcia, and Arquiti were all signed as international free agents. You can talk about drafting players. You can talk about trades or MLB free agency, but what the Astros have done on the international front is so underrated, and if you forget about what they've done, just look at somebody like Yuli Gurriel. But having these three guys, all international free agents, not draft picks, not you know big name signings, it, it, it's it's really amazing. Yeah, it really is. And you know they've signed some more guys that you know we've been kind of talking about that are coming up through the minor leagues. You don't know if they're going to pan out or not, but it, it's good to see the Astros getting really aggressive in that department because a lot of teams are starting to do that. And it really can make the difference, Robert. Yeah, you know, especially now with the farm system being lower than it is than it was, guys like this have got to keep coming through, I think, for the Astros in the coming years until hopefully they can build that back up again. Another team trying to build back up again and trying to do it with different ways, free agency in the draft, but mostly the draft right now is the Rockets. And let's talk about their first three games and let me give you a stat that's going to blow you away, Stephen. NBA rookies to have a line of at least 30 points, four rebounds, three assists, and two steals on 60% from the field and 80% from three in a game in their rookie year through their first 10 NBA games. So that early on in their career, the two guys, Jalen Green and Michael Jordan and only Green and Jordan had a 30 point game in their first three NBA games. So he's right there with Jordan on all of that stuff already. Yeah, I tell you what, and we were kind of wondering, you know, what is Jalen Green going to give us, you know, especially after that first game and, and even in the preseason, you know, we just didn't see what we saw in the summer league. And of course, you can't always go by that. But I really like the looks of the way this Rockets team is playing, Robert. I have to say, I'm a bit surprised. They have really come out, and, and they're hustling. And, uh, you know, it's it's easy to see when you don't turn the ball over, you can score points. And then they get in these uh, these stretches where they do turn the ball over a bit too much. Uh, you know, they certainly uh, did it in the Mavericks game, a couple other games before. But, look, these are the things that are going to happen throughout this season in a rebuilding year like they have with these young guys. But, man, I, I can't say enough about the way they have played with intensity for the most part this year, after these first few games. The big thing is your point guard is turning the ball over a ton, about six and a half a game. Kevin Porter Jr., he's got to get that straightened out for sure. Jalen Green with the big game when he scores 30, but unfortunately the next game against the Mavs, if you missed it because you were watching the Astros like most of us, he was four for 16 from the field, only scored 10 points. So that's what rookies do. Uh, the Rockets now one in three. They've lost all three by double digits, 38 total points. But one good stat, 
that I was not expecting, and I think most Rockets fans weren't expecting. They're shooting 40%, over 40%, actually, from three-point range. That's a shocker. And if you're trying to trade Eric Gordon, Stephen, he's helping you out a little bit because he had 22 points against the Mavs, and he's shooting over 50% from three this season. Just got to keep him healthy and bubble wrap for the next three or four months. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what. And he uh, he limped off the court again. I think he did come back later in the game, if I'm not mistaken, right, Robert, right, from what yeah. I saw. But yeah, it just it, that's the thing is how durable is Eric Gordon going to be throughout the whole season? I mean, he's gotten off to a great start, but I, I just I'm skeptical of whether he can keep up that intensity throughout a whole season. You know, even if he is healthy, but you know, you got to hope for it. Because with these young guys, you're, you're going to see a lot of flashes of brilliance. You're going to see a lot of mistakes. You need veteran presence like Eric Gordon in there. So, yeah, we got to hope that he continues to do that. One complaint that I have with Kevin Porter and Christian Wood, they're having the same issue that they had last year. I'm not the only one complaining about this because Steven Silas brought it up in the postgame after the Mavs game. Uh, they get frustrated when they don't get a foul call and then they don't get back on defense or they commit a stupid foul on the other end. Both of them seem convinced that they've already earned the right to have Kevin Durant or LeBron James respect from the refs. You got to earn it, kids. You got to earn this stuff. This doesn't happen immediately. Yeah, that's certainly true. And even, you know, especially, you know, it even took somebody like Akeem Olajuwon several years to gain that respect. And of course, Akeem was quite temperamental when he first came into the NBA. You may remember, Robert, uh, he got a bad reputation. It took him a while to get rid of that. So, you know, these guys are nowhere near Hakeem. So, you know, you just, at the end of the day, you've got to play your game. Nobody likes a call going against him. But you know what? The great players brush it off and they come back and they just keep playing. And that's what these guys have got to learn. And, you know, we talked a lot about KPJ and, and just his mentality. And Christian Wood, you know, the same thing. I mean, is there... There, there are some reasons that he's bounced around, not just the NBA, but the world, you know, playing overseas a, a bit, too. So, you know, these are things the guys have got to get rid of that and just play their game. And the refs are going to do what the refs are going to do. We're going to make this an abbreviated one because I know you guys are listening on Wednesday and we want you to get it done before you start up uh, Wednesday's game two, Astros and Braves. Quick reminder before we finish it up, though. If you're looking to make a little spending money wagering on whatever it is, whether it's the World Series or college football or the NFL, use our sponsor, BetUS.com, America's favorite sports book. Again, the promo code HST125 if you want to redeem that 125% sign-up bonus. And look for it in the show description of each of our shows. Of course, HoustonSportsTalk.net. Just click on the BetUS icon, and you're right there ready to go. Look for our Game 2 postgame show tomorrow. Until then, come on, Strohs. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.